Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcast, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another Opus Private Client Well Style Podcast. My name is Ivan Watanabe. I'm here with my partner, George Papanikolaou. What's going on, George? How you doing, Ivan? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm, I'm excited about the podcast today. So today we're going to be talking a little bit of being a new dad. So I'm super excited. As most of you know, um, my wife and I had our baby girl, Mia, on January 5th, and it's been uh, quite the roller coaster over the last couple of weeks. And so, George, as a father of four, I thought you would be the perfect person for us to kind of have a conversation about, you know, the craziness over the last couple of weeks and, and sort of what I thought it was going to be like going into fatherhood and what actually has happened so far. And, uh, and as our resident daddy expert, I figured you would be a good person for us to kind of, you know, just, just talk. Well, first, congratulations, my friend. I appreciate it, man. For those of you who don't know Ivan personally, he is a phenomenal human being, and I look forward to uh, watching him be an amazing dad who's unbelievably organized um, and watching his daughter drive him nuts because she'll probably go against <laughs> all of his scheduling, which kind of is funny because that's where I, I wanted to start the conversation on how... People plan, right? I remember when we were, we, we didn't even know we would uh, have kids. You know, my, my wife had some uh, medical issues and we were blessed with our, our first unexpectedly. And I had, you know, done my own planning. And, you know, Yvonne, I know you had a, a baby shower. We had a baby shower for the, our first two and then nobody cared anymore for three, <laughs> three and four. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like I got all this stuff and we're going through the, the, what are you checking? What do you need? You know, you think you need all this stuff, you know, you're especially in today's world of, you know, constant information, you're looking online and, and you know, you, you think you need what you, you think you need. So I'm curious to kind of flip it on you and ask what, what did you think or what products did you think were, were going to be important and, and what ultimately, you know, now you're a couple months in do you find that it are the stuff that you actually use and how much of it was fluff? Yeah. 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 I, it, you know, I think what we've learned is that we have zero control over whatever me is going to like or dislike. Right. You know, you buy all these things, you're like, Oh, that, 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 uh, that baby swing looks pretty cool. You know, it has all these rave reviews. It's going to work really well. You know, it's obvious, you know, I, I'm doing safety checks and I, you know, you know me, I'm like, I, like you said, I'm a planner, right? So I've, I've done a boatload of research on every single product. So then we either get it from the registry or we just buy it ourselves because I'm embarrassed at like however much it costs, right? So <laughs> just get it myself. Um, and then we have it in the house and we put her in it. She hates it. And I'm like, 
either this kid better love this thing or I'm going to have to just have a very expensive, not so nice looking piece of equipment in the corner, right? Or we give it to somebody else or donate it. But, you know, there's, you know, swings that we got that she doesn't necessarily care for or outfits that are crazy, uh, you know, difficult to put on or off. Like you don't real now I just put her in, you know, the cheapest old Navy onesies that I can find because they have a, two zippers on it. And it's like the most magical thing that has ever been created for, for baby clothes, right? I'm like, pants, no way. Zipper, you know, over here, no, not happening, right? It's, you know, it, it's amazing how things have changed. And I think the over research I did on, like, like I said, equipment and, and some of the things that we put in the house and not enough emphasis on how many baby bottles we need or how many diapers we need in the house, right? You know, how many pacifiers or how many like burp cloths or whatever it might be. Like the focus was completely on the wrong things. It was on item, you know, bassinet that she never uses. And, you know, we just, you sort of live in it, right? You've got to live in the space for a little while to find out what she needs. But at the same time, you can't, you either figure it out beforehand or you try to figure it out on the fly, but then you try to order stuff and, and you don't really know what you need. So it's definitely been an exercise in patience and, and, um, and really trying to figure out, like I said, trial and error, what she likes, what she doesn't like, and not being so, uh, so obsessed about her using one particular thing, whether she likes it or not. How about the wall of pacifiers when you go into the baby store, right? Like I walked in and our, our first daughter didn't like the pacifiers that we originally got. Yeah. I see the wall and I get going into the place. I'm like, I, what happened? Like, I, I just need a pacifier. They're like, which one? You know, do you yeah. this? I'm like, I, have no, I have no idea. You know, and, and I was like looking for a salesperson help, and it was it was a hysterical, hysterical scene. And some good news, so you know, it just keeps going this way. So everything is kind of learning on the fly. <laughs> most most definitely, I think we got we got really lucky with um, the nurses in the hospital that we were at. So they, whatever for whatever reason, Mia really took to one particular pacifier. And so we got lucky and found out early. But there are other ones that we got as gifts that we tried to use because I, I had the same approach that you did. I'm like, well, what's the difference? It's just a pacifier put it in her mouth and she spits it out and hates it. And I put this other one and she loves it. So, you know, you just have, again, I don't know if this is unique to dads or parents in general, but I had no clue going into it what I didn't, all of the things that I didn't know. And, you know, I watched the videos, read the books, you know, again, did a ton of research and you just have zero clue, right? I mean, I, I should have known from the get that all of our best laid plans were going to be messed up when she was due on Christmas Day and didn't come until January 5th, right? I mean, that is like, we thought we had people again we we had built the house we were moving into our house we had them rush to finish it rush to close and then we had time to just sit there because we were patiently waiting <laughs> for her to come and and uh then you know i think one of the things i definitely learned from the whole experience from the hospital piece of it was be prepared to stay and and we actually wanted to stay in the hospital an extra day because we were like i need I'm not ready, 
Like I'm not ready. And my, and my wife's a doctor, right? So she was much more ready than I was, but I was like, listen, to be honest, can we just stay one more night here? Because I'm not ready to go home and have this baby be all up to us. And so that was one of the really interesting things that I had not even thought about and was really just like the medical aspect of it was funny enough, like the last thing on my mind. <laughs> we, um, so with each kid, it was a little different. And I remember the first baby, obviously, and like everybody else, it's the only job you cannot be, you know, qualified for prior or experienced. With. And my, you know, my wife and I were talking and she's like, I want to keep the baby next to me the whole time in our whole family. Everybody that had kids was like, no, give it back to the nurses, get your sleep. And we, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't listen. So, you know, we were basically sleepless for the first year from day one. And then my son was born about a year later. That's another conversation for another day. But, you know, when he was born, we're like, yep, you could take him back to the nursery. We got we to gotta sleep. Please, you know, for the love of God, let us sleep. Yeah. And, uh, and we soaked it up. And we also learned that all of the stuff that they bring you when the baby comes in, in the, in the bassinet at the hospital, it's filled with diapers and all the other stuff. I mean, we, we stocked up. <laughs> we yeah. stocked up. Yeah, yeah. We, we knew, like you said, you don't ever have enough diapers. The right. clothes, you know, depending on how the baby deals with feeding and stuff, is basically throwing up or pooping on everything. Uh, so, you know, you're constantly cleaning up or throwing stuff away. or It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because, you know, again, I thought about all of these things, but I didn't think about the hospital experience like almost at all. Right. So, um, and with COVID, it's not like you could go tour the hospital. So, we're in this room and... They're like, well, how many days do you want to stay? I'm like, what? I don't know. What do, you, what do you mean? How long do I want to stay? Don't you guys tell us when we're supposed to go home? And then, and then the next night of like sleeplessness, and we gave them to the to the baby nurse so that we could. We actually took the advice and and got as much sleep as we could. I think it was a good move. And then they're like, how many days do you want to stay? I was like, I don't know. We're gonna stay. As, <laughs> we're gonna stay here as long as my insurance will allow us to stay here. Um, and we'll we'll take the extra day and we'll we'll sit here and, and, and kind of rest and and um again you just have no idea like I I knew what my health insurance covered right we knew enough from our previous conversations and and sort of the financial aspect of what was covered the deductible and you know the anesthesia team and all of those other things like we knew but. A very practical thing that I learned was, okay, well, how many days does my insurance actually cover me to be here? If it's a C-section, it's X. If it's a, you know, vaginal birth, it's X, right? And so, you know, those sorts of things you have, I, I had no idea walking into it, right? Um, and again, you kind of learn on the fly. So I was, I was pretty excited about um, being able to stay there for, for an extra day longer than I thought I was going to. Uh, aside from being sleep deprived what are some changes that are that you didn't expect that are completely you know they they came out of nowhere yeah i i think it more i guess i expected it but not to this extent is just how helpless i feel at times with the lack of control Right. Like I'm super type A and my wife's very type A. You know, we, I run my practice like clockwork. I have a really regimented schedule. I'm very much, you know, I, I know where I'm supposed to be during certain times, never late. Like that's kind of how I run my life. And now, 
you know, I try to have a conversation. I'm like, you know, or, or talk to her, you know, Hey, we're going to, th- we're thinking we're going to feed her at X time. And then, you know, she's having, you know, mini meltdown 20 minutes before and having to deal with that. Right. Or, you know, the guy's coming to, to deliver something for, you know, an ottoman or something. And, and I'm like, okay, you can come at this time cause she'll be sleeping. And then she happens to wake up, you know, 15 minutes before. And then if totally, changes the whole schedule that we had that we had outlined right so i think the lack of control around schedule and just really feeling like i can't calm her down during certain times or um it takes me an extra 15 minutes to calm her down than i had thought it would or you know the opposite she falls asleep immediately and when i built in 15 minutes so it really is just the learning how little control i have over the situation and just really trying to figure out like it's going to be a, I realize it's going to be okay. And just being okay with not having the control is, uh, has been a really unique learning experience in a really short period of time. I remember we, um, I, I, I became the master of multitasking and we had this kind of linking back to the products. My, all my kids, we had this expensive, like mechanical uh, sleeper thing that like, you know, went shh, and makes the kid go around in a circle. Yeah. They hated it. It was like, it was, you know, like ah! every time you put them in there. So we had this old school manual, like foot power bouncer where they sat like uh, kind of like on a right angle and you would have to use your foot to bounce them up and down. All four of my kids, it was like insta calm, insta sleep. Yeah. But you had to use your foot. So for years, my right foot would just tap. Because I would do stuff and have to sit there with them in the bouncer and just tap them to sleep. And I'd, I'd, if you stop tapping, they'd wake up. So you just have to keep tapping and do stuff. So I would like write emails. I would talk on the phone. As long as my foot was tapping, I was good. That's, that's hilarious. So that pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I think the other, the other thing is just sort of, you know, like everybody gives you unsolicited advice. You know what I mean? And like, you're like, okay, I, I really appreciate it. But it, and it's, it, it's like anything else. You just don't know what stuff applies to you and what stuff doesn't apply to you. It's like, you know, think about like financial planning and, and sort of what we do as, as you know, you, you, you get people coming to you saying, Hey, I heard this is like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you're like, I don't even know how that fits in, into your world. Like that, that doesn't apply to you whatsoever, but people don't have any clue on how to balance or gauge like what stuff actually applies to them and what doesn't you either. But, and there is no sort of, baby expert right you know and luckily we have a business where we're able to kind of measure these things out for folks but like there is no you know besides your own gut and sort of trial and error with the baby there's no one person to say yeah this is exactly what you should do yeah it's true and in even me you you know with each child it was completely different you're bringing up the financials being in the business that we're in but also of the mindset I, i grew up in the minute my kids were born uh, starting with the first one, all, you know, all I heard in my head was like my grandparents always saying like, save, 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 save. So, you know, we did that. I know a lot of people are always, especially like pre-child, like, you know, when, when they finally get pregnant and they're getting ready for a baby, they're, they're talking about saving for college and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm, I wasn't much different, not as much as college, but I just knew I wanted to save money f- for my, for my kids. So what I actually did was I, I, literally took my life i took a step back right when my daughter was my oldest daughter was born and i said what don't i need from my cash flow like what do i not need to spend money on 
because I didn't really want to change my life. I knew my life was going to change anyway, but, you know, so it was like a, a stupid example. I might have been like, instead of going to Starbucks, I would, you know, make my coffee at the office. But I did. I, I financially also, my life was a lot different from my first daughter to now. So, but I did squirrel away. I started saving immediately. And I've done that for every single kid. And curious, did you have any thoughts like that? Have you had time to think about anything like that? Yeah, I think the decisions that we make are a li- are, are definitely impacted going forward, right? So I, it's not like I can just think about myself or just think about my business or just think about my wife or, you know, we, we now actually have, you know, it, the having kids in general is always something I had wanted and, and planned for. But now that she's actually here, the decisions I make are definitely different, right? You know, it's it's immediately having to get rid of my sports car to get an SUV, right? And build that into my cash flow, right? Because I'm freaked out that like the car seat's not going to fit correctly and I want it to be, you know, a, a safer a safer ride for her. Um, so that changed that changed sort of uh, expenses or, you know, building in childcare into the mix. You know, does that take away from something else? Now, luckily we've been, you know, planning for a long time. So it's, it, you know, I've, I've been able to already build it in, but you know, it's something that has been on my mind for, for, for a long time, right? How do I make sure that no matter what's going on from an expense standpoint, that it can be under control, assuming that I continue to save, right? You know how we plan is basically income in, save and spend the difference. Uh And so there's got to be some sort of change in expenses if, if the baby's here, right? You know, you're looking at Two to three thousand dollars a month in childcare. What does that do to overall cash flow? Now I can't allocate those dollars to something different. How does that impact it? What is that? You know, do I need to cut down on something else, or you know, how do I evaluate my expenses? But we definitely went through and said, okay, you know, there's going to be some things that need to change a little bit. Nothing major, but you know, do I really need you know X, Y, and Z? So yeah, we we definitely went through that exercise for sure. I, I just think it's a healthy thing to do during you know a time when your expenses are going to go up substantially, right? And there's a lot more at stake than just the two of us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you're 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 now responsible for another human. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> you know, we we um so all of my kids are you know this, but uh, for those who don't, all my kids are pretty close in age. Um very close in age. And it was because all of them were were essentially unplanned. Um and people often ask, oh man, how did you go from two to three? Like, isn't that crazy? And then three to four must be nuts. So the truth is, to, to you know, link to what we were just talking about, most of it's logistics, right? So it's kind of already chaotic when you have your first. And then it, you're, to me, number one was really hard. Number two, I knew what I was doing from a parenting diaper changing standpoint, right? But financially, it started to change a lot. And then number three came, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, you're technically outnumbered with kids. You know, there's help and stuff that you need to figure out there, but literally it links back into to the money. And then number four comes, and it's straight up logistics. I'm a master of baby stuff at this point, right? I can do stuff with one hand and tied behind my back and blindfolded, yep, yep. but I need a huge SUV. All right, because the kids don't all, or a minivan, because the kids don't all fit in a car. When I go on vacation, I have to get six tickets now, not two, not three. Everything we do, it's like two rooms, or 
like some kind of uh, Airbnb or something. It's not. It's a much bigger planning process. Right. Um, and I probably say that's the biggest thing. And to make sure that you do all that while still trying to save for the future, it's it's definitely a, I wouldn't say a battle, but it's a process. And and we're lucky that we're in the business. But it's funny because you know you're doing it for yourself, and then you're doing it for others, and uh, it's like a chess match almost. You know. Yeah. Puzzle, yeah, for sure. It, it definitely it definitely changes the the concept. You know, I heard somebody recently say, "Well, how many kids do you want to have?" And their response was. Uh, I want to have as many kids as I can afford, right? And 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 it's a really interesting. You know, I I was always kind of like turned off by that statement, but now you 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 understand what they mean by that, right? You know, again, we go on vacation; it, it triples the price of where we're going on vacation, right? You know, you're allocating X amount of dollars per kid to childcare. You've got X amount of dollars extra in food. You you know, you want to pay for education; it costs X amount more, and so it just you know, being able to do all of those things. And again, tying it back to sort of the planning perspective, making sure that we do our best to save in addition to all of those other things, you know, is quote unquote, how much you can afford right now. Obviously life doesn't always work that way, but I just thought it was an interesting answer to a, a, a question that you think would be much more of a love question than, or a love response than a, you know, practical kind of financial response. Linking it with planning, it's so much like when we talk to older clients that are either getting into getting ready to retire or that are retired. You talk to them about, you know, what's it like, or you know, we're, we're doing our, our initial fact finding meeting with them, and they had all these expectations. They had all what of this, you know, planning done, and then it's like surprise. Here's reality. It's completely different than what you thought, and you know. A lot of the staples, bringing us full circle to the beginning of the conversation, you know, the, the products that you, you uh, that are, are most helpful with, uh, like when you actually have a baby, the same thing with finances, right? Like the things that you, you kind of know you need are the ones that are there for you in retirement and the ones that are your, your crutch, that are your foundation. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, Absolutely. I've learned a lot around what I think is more important and where, you know, again, we need to sort of set the, the planning parameters and how much money should be getting saved and how much money should go to X and Y and Z and and being more diligent about extra cash flow and figuring out, you know, how those things go. And, you know, I, I will tell you, you know, obviously the audience at this point, but, you know, one of the things that really popped up for me in this, this sort of discovery process over the last couple of weeks is, how fortunate we are to be able to afford certain things that are so basic and needed and are so grossly expensive, right? Like diapers are a fortune. And, you know, I, I in something so basic, it, it really hit me, you know, how much we spend on diapers and how critical they are. It's not like in, in nice to have, it's a necessity and how expensive they are and how badly I feel for those who are not able to do the same thing. And so one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot recently is how do we do that and how do we give back, you know, donate diapers and, you know, donate money to, you know, parents and moms that, you know, can't afford it. It's, it's, it's been much higher up on my list than it has been in terms of charitable endeavors because that is just 
I can't imagine bringing in the, all the concerns of bringing a new life into this world and not being able to afford something so needed and critical, but that's so grossly expensive. You know, you, you end up, uh, I will say that when you do some of these subscription purchases, you know, monthly on a monthly order, you do save a little bit. So some of the, some of the real good stuff, the gems, uh, unfortunately aren't around before Toys R Us closed. Um, they actually had some of the best stuff online. They had these uh, like paper disposable mats. You know, they look, it felt like a sheet of paper folded up a yeah, couple yeah. times. But they were waterproof, right? They were phenomenal. And they were, it was like 10 bucks for a box. And a box had a, like a couple hundred of them in it or whatever it was. But these things were ideal. You'd put them on anything because if you, you know, you also know all baby spaces are gross. So you have to like right. sanitize like crazy when you go into a place. I remember we were in Disney World and you just have these sheets <laughs> in like your pocket. You know, you like throw it out, you put it, put it down and you can you know, clean the baby. And if they pee or poop, it's like on there already. Wrap it up, throw it in the garbage, you're good to go. Um, but Toys R Us went bankrupt, so you can't get those anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> but, you know, Sorry, I, like I just, I, you know, when when you think about sort of the financial aspect of some of this stuff, I mean, I think, we, you know, again, we've been planners for a long time, right? And I've been saving for quite some time. And, and I think, you know, the habits that we've built in, luckily, we can just plug Mia into the current plan, right? I didn't have to worry about, you know, changing my wills, you know, we'll update a couple of things there. But like we had those documents already in place before we went into the hospital, well before we went into the hospital, because again, you know, God forbid something were to happen to Joanna, you know, that's a huge concern of ours, you know, bringing mm-hmm. the power of attorney and the healthcare proxy to the hospital just in case they, they were to need it from me, right? And I already had those documents prepared, not having to, you know, do all of those things, God forbid the worst happens, right? You know, making sure that the the life insurance had been in place that all of the beneficiaries were correct on, you know, on our employee benefits and making sure that, you know, the health insurance was well. And we did the, the analysis way before we, you know, went into the hospital. Um, now, unfortunately, Mia came on January 5th. So, so, you know, she didn't help my deductible at all. The kids already costing me a fortune. Um, you know, but you know, all of those things are things that we had conversations about way in advance. Um, and you know, I would recommend anybody listening to this to make sure that they reach out to their advisor or find one and to start to figure out like, what are the things that I need to be lining up in place well in advance of when this baby shows up, right? Cause there's going to be so many decisions and so many things that you need to sort of do once the baby's already here, that all of those things are sort of, they're critically important, but they, they come secondary to, I'm just trying to survive with this baby for the first X amount of time. Right. So I don't even have the ability to think about insurance or how, where, how I'm going to save for college or, you know, how much expenses do I think I can build into this? Can we afford X, Y, and Z childcare? You know, those are the conversations that you really want to be addressing while things are okay, while you're calm at home in advance of, you know, the child, the baby coming, right? I mean, I think that's that's the one major takeaway that I'm excited about. Now, again, this is what we do for a living, but we had those things in place when we were calm and at home, you know, without a baby screaming in the background, trying to think, you know, and those are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, right, you know, looking back. Yeah, proactive versus reactive. 
Like I couldn't agree with you more. For sure. Um, you know, this has been, this has been fun. Um, just kind of thinking about the last six weeks and, and it's good to hear that a lot of the challenges that I've been facing are not necessarily unique to us. So that makes that makes me feel better as a dad. Uh, but as we kind of wrap up, like, are there any other things that you think the audience should be hearing about? You know, I think we're probably going to have a follow up to this in some form or fashion, but any other things that you think the audience should take away from the conversation today? Um, you know, no, I mean, you're a new dad. This is really predominantly for people to hear about, you know, the the the, the new birth of a child. Uh, I think the follow-up should definitely be uh, when your daughter's a little older because now my oldest is about to turn 10. You know, I have a 10-year-old, an almost 9-year-old, an almost 7-year-old, and a 4-year-old, right? So I'm ahead of you, and, and some of the, the things that we're doing and, and experiencing are, are – are very similar to everybody else. And uh, it's fun to actually have those conversations uh, with a friend um, and, and have confirmation that you're not, you're not alone. (laughs) For sure. No, no question. No no question. George, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for, thanks for uh, the conversation. And uh, thank you to the listening audience for tuning in to the Opus private client well style podcast. You can click below Uh, to hear about any other future podcasts that come out and also to see our past ones. Hope all's well. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Yvonne Watanabe and George Papanakolo are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC, financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 0H44206. Compliance approval 2022-134408 expires February of 2024.